Welcome to Hachzeik, the Daily Musar Impact Initiative. Hello, my Swedish friends, welcome back to Hachzeik, our daily limit of Mr. Sharm. We are up to day 46 today. Previously on Hachzeik, we continued to learn more and more about the seriousness and the importance of being careful when it comes to theft, Geneva, Gzela, stealing, when it comes to our attempt to perfect ourselves in the meat of Nikias, of cleanliness. Um, Theft being one of the many, many different things, you know, the 365 Los Asses we have to be Zahir from and clean ourselves out from not even being tempted and drawn to those things. And theft is one of the things that are commonly uh, um, trampled upon, things that people don't even realize that they're going, uh, doing the wrong thing with it. So the Mishra uses that as the first example of a, a sin that we need to clean ourselves out of. And we spent already two days talking about the severity and importance and risk around theft, and we're going to continue today, right there, uh, along those lines, learning more and more about the importance of, of theft and how it, at its root, it's really a lack of when we talk about Hashem, uh, etc. We say as follows, right, We just came off saying that someone that works for someone else and is being dishonest is, is, takes off time to even do a mitzvah when they're not supposed to be doing that, but they're getting paid by the hour, that's considered stealing and it's something that a lot of people end up doing without even realizing it. Why is all this such a terrible thing? At its very root, Hashem wants our heart and wants our faith. That's what He wants from us. So if someone's truly faithful, then of course they would be honest in business, they would be honest, they wouldn't Hashem, do anything that would, let's say, try to take advantage of someone else or steal from someone else. And then we're gonna be a number of psukim here that shows that Hashem specifically desires our emunah, our faithfulness in Him. And when it Hashem, until it says Hashem safeguards those who are faithful. So it's one madrig, Hashem guards them. V'omer, and it says also in Yishaya, Open the gates, so the righteous nation, keeper of faithfulness, may enter. So that's the next level. It's not just that Hashem safeguards you, but He wants you to come. He wants you to come into His gates. It's another level. V'omer, it says further to Him, my eyes are upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. Hashem wants us, wants us to dwell with him. The maminim. That's even another level. The Omer, and Yirmiyah says, Hashem, your eyes are turned only toward faithfulness. Not only is it desirable and Hashem wants to be close to those who are faithful to him, but in some way, Yirmiyahu is telling us that Hashem's eyes are only toward those who are faithful to him. Yirmiyahu himself testified about himself as follows. He said, Right, Eov, who had terrible, terrible sorrows, and he was trying to figure out what the, what the purpose is. And I, I think this may be where his friends came and his friends were encouraging him and helping him. But at a certain point they said, you know, all these terrible things are happening. Maybe it means that you did something wrong and you're being punished for it. I believe this is where his response comes in. And he says, if he, he was so confident in, in his in, in honesty in business. He said as follows, if my, if my steps ever veered from the proper way, or if my heart ever went after my eyes, or if anything belonging to my fellow ever clung to my hands, he uses the Lushan of even a little something clung to my hands that belonged to someone else, then may I sow and let another eat. And may my produce be uprooted. He's saying, I'm so confident I never even touched, even came close to to touching the sin of, of theft or any other sin. That was his response. Now, 
Shem says, look at the beauty of this analogy, the specific words that you have used. Because he's comparing the subtle theory that we, like, we've been discussing. It's not that you're going over and putting a gun to someone and saying, give me all your money. We're talking about these nuanced, subtle, gray, side, quiet type of, of stealing that we may not even be conscious that we're stealing. It compares, Eov compares that type of stealing to the way that a, a certain sticky substance can get stuck on your hand if you accidentally touch it. Even though a sensible person doesn't go after Gizela absolutely, right, with the gun, rather it became attached to his hand on its own. So, so if you be at the end of the day, yeah, he didn't intentionally go and, you know, hold up a, a bank, but the Gizela is there, it's stuck to his hand. So too, is it the case with theft, right? So with the stickiness, you have a piece of gum or something, you didn't intentionally jump on it and step on it, so it gets stuck on your shoe. You didn't want it, but now it's stuck. Same thing with stealing shafts, even though a person isn't going after clear theft, like we said, holding up a bank. It's difficult for his hands to be totally clean of theft in his normal day-to-day business um, transactions of this subtle theft. So at, at this point, you're like, wow, okay, so it's unavoidable, right? So I can't be expected to be perfect in it. It's, uh, it's, it, 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 I, I'm not even aware. It just gets stuck on me and it sticks to me without me even wanting to. But, Mr. Shem says, all this happens, the root, the root here is a result of the heart ruling over the eyes. Instead of the heart ruling over the eyes, the eyes rule over the heart, right? The eye sees and the heart desires. So the fact that someone is, is being a dishonest in business, even in the, in the most subtle of ways, it results from the fact that instead of their heart ruling over their eyes, so as to not think that someone else's property that he desires or he th- he's, is appealing to him, it would seem appealing to him, right? It, it, he, it, it turns into something permissible in his eyes when he sees something by someone else that he wants. By seeing a thing and desiring it, then the heart is drawn after it. To now seek rationalizations and say, oh, I kind of want that thing. It belongs to this other guy. How am I going to make it, even in like a mutter way, in order to get it into my possession? Therefore, Eov said very clearly, he said, I didn't do this at all. I didn't let my heart follow my eyes. Therefore, nothing ever clung to my hands that wasn't supposed to. So pausing here really quickly, this idea of the heart following the eyes or the eyes following the heart. So the goal, obviously, the goal, right, is to have our heart so on fire from Amunah, Mitochan, and Hashem, faithfulness in God, that we would never let ourselves stray from the path, the proper path that Hashem wants from us, i.e. steal because we want something of, of someone else's. What happens, though? What happens is that our eyes see something and our heart is not strong enough to withstand the temptation, so then our heart instead follows what our eyes are desiring, our eyes are looking at and getting excited about, and it creates a, an emotional attachment to it, like we said, Melech and Kalim, emotional attachment to it, and, and he wants to, um, he's gonna run after this thing. He's gonna run after it. In Shema, interestingly, we say, Right? So it's, you'd think it starts with the eyes. You'd think, oh, we, I, I, don't, I haven't strayed. It literally means, don't stray after your hearts, and after your eyes. Normally what we say is the, the eye see and the heart desires. So 
Shouldn't it instead it should say, Don't stray after your eyes and then after your heart, because the eyes see and the heart desires. But with this, it's beautiful. And Amshan of Rebbe says the same idea. That if your heart is in the wrong place, that's the starting point. And then your eyes will see something and you'll end up running after it, even though you shouldn't, you shouldn't be running after it. It's not, not something that's good for you. If your heart's in the right place, that whatever comes into your eye, eyes or in your heart will be, be, be processed through that lens of a heart that belongs to Hashem, of a heart that cleaves to Hashem and believes in Hashem. So it starts with the heart. Of course, we have to be Shomer Aranayim also, and that's another entry point, and we can get lost that way too. But if your heart's in a good place, you're much, much more likely to withstand the temptations that are in front of you. Reina Benin Hona. Consider, now that we discussed about the idea of Hona, of, of Ona, of, uh, of wrongdoing in business. How easy is it for someone to be enticed and to mess up in this area? Because it could, it could appear at first glance that this person should make his produce and merchandise that much more appealing to people, to make more money off, to be able to charge more money for the work that he does, to encourage the potential customer in order to buy from him versus his competitor. And we do say, Chazal tell us um, on this, these ideas of like, yeah, there are people who are industrious and they make profit because of, because of their um, industrious nature. And also we see, the hand of the diligent one will bring prosperity. They thus assume that by making their merchandise seem much more attractive, they're adopting a worthy practice in business and it's, and it's worthwhile to do so. If you don't be very careful and scrupulous and examine your actions when it comes to business, as Yehov says, instead of wheat, thorns will emerge. Because very easily you can cross the line and end up being over this or of wrongdoing someone in business. We, we mentioned this pasuk a couple of classes ago. Each, each of you shall not aggrieve his fellow. Sonu, aggrieve. Oh, fine. His fellow, maybe is Amiso, your nation. Maybe, maybe with, with Goyim it's allowed to be dishonest and to, to deceive them or um, do, be over enough with the non Jew. I'm sorry, and, and the Gemara there says in Chulin that even that is, is Asr too. Don't think that it, because, because the Pusik says Amiso, it's only for Jews that you're not allowed to deceive, rather, even a non Jew also. Kruxiv, Pusik says, in Tzafania, it says, the remnant of Israel will not commit corruption, they will not speak falsehood, and a deceitful tongue will not be found in their mouth. Such a madrega, talking about, um, we're so, so, so careful, even not to do it with Baigayim. And Lamaisa, our goal is to be an Avamangayim, and to be, I'm sorry, to be an, an Orlegayim. I'm in, I'm in the partialist these, these weeks, Avram. Um, we're supposed to be Orlegayim, so if we're out in the world and we're being dishonest, even to, to not our brothers, but to the Gayim, for sure, that's not going to be a great Kiddush uh, Hashem. Chas Rosham could be the opposite. So Matsya says, don't take old utensils and make them look like new. Like I remember a certain scene of, of someone spinning back the odometer in a car in order to sell it for a lot more money and added a couple zeros to it. No, no. Dishonest, do not do that. You're not allowed to mix different produce together from you say like, oh, I'm selling from this this field. And then, like, you don't have enough to meet the needs, so you say, oh, I'm going to take from this field, I'm going to mix it in, and then just sell it off at the same price. You're not allowed to do that. And, Even if you have one field that's charged at $1.50 a pound, 
and then you have another field that's charged at a dollar a pound, you can't even combine them and charge the lesser amount, the, the, the lower amount, the dollar a pound, even though you think you're saving the person money that way. No, we don't, we don't mix. We, we, we avoid with a 10-foot pole, not even. Kol ose'ela, kol ose'avel. In Devarim, some free concludes over there. In Devarim, anyone who commits these acts of deceit, anyone who acts corruptly, kari chavisha a deceitful person is called five pejoratives, avel, sanoi, meshukatz, cherem, to'eva, corrupt, hated, disgusting band, and to Ava, an, abom- an abomination. So very clearly, the Mishnah Sharm is impressing upon us the gravity of of being dishonest in business, and not even being dishonest, but but even coming close to doing something inappropriate. Like here, this still blows me away. You're not even allowed again. Whether the halacha passings like this and contemporary halacha, how this would work, I don't know. Um, ask your local Orthodox rabbi. But at least over here, according to the Sifri, um, to Devarim, and sorry, anything more about Metzia. Remember, see, we're talking about the idea of you're not allowed to mix different grains of different values. Even if you're giving them a better deal, you're not allowed to do that. Similar, we say in Torah, Midvar Sheker, Tirchak, distance yourself from lying. So to here, Mr. Shem is, is certainly telling us how strong we need to be when it comes to avoiding, um, even coming close to being sons of business. To clean ourselves out fully from any sort of connection or draw towards being dishonest in business and what that really means is to clean ourselves out and make sure our hearts are full 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 of amun and and Hashem because once we do that then of course we wouldn't even have a havamina to think oh I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat the system or even I'm gonna try to take advantage and 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 stretch myself and, and push this guy down to lift myself up in order to be successful in business because it's all from Hashem anyway so you can only gain by being honest and you can only lose by being dishonest so I wish to live with that and uh, and continue tomorrow Further on our path towards Nikias with Mrs. Sharm. Lachaim, you have a wonderful day. You have been listening to a shear by Hachzeik. If you have been impacted, please share with others. For the daily shear, please visit Hachzeik.com or call 516 600 8080.